podcast. I'm your host Chris Saverick and on the SBTS we try to get a flavour of our local football here in East Sussex but in particular the club I follow for my sins, Hastings United. On episode 106 we're joined by James Hopkins and Georgina Townsend to talk women's football and the upsurge in interest and the numbers of girls looking to put on that sacred claret and blue shirt. James also gives us the ins and outs of the new club initiative Hastings Means Business. Then we go to one from the archives of an interview, well I couldn't play previously, from councillor Andy Batsford. It was recorded in November last year. I'm playing it only now for context. Thankfully things are so much different now, as I will be interviewing Andy for episode 107. Then we go over to the SBTS Fan Roundtable. The SBTS boys are joined by regulars now. Terry from Margate and Gabs from Enfield. Enjoy, grassroots football fans. And now over to my interview with James Hopkins and Georgina Townsend. Well, it gives me great pleasure to have the wonderful James Hopkins on for the third time on this very podcast. The man of 8,000 hats, uh, as we, I don't know if you ever remember that interview, uh, James. Yeah, I do, uh, yeah. yeah. Ha- how many hats are you wearing today? Uh, today, I'm just wearing this one today, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Very important. We're talking women's football, but we're also talking about Hastings Means Business, uh, a great initiative by the club that hopefully is going to reach out to the wider community, the business community and the community in general uh, to spread the lovely word of Hastings and also to bring some coinage into our lovely club. James, where do you want to start? Would you want to start with Hastings Means Business? Yeah, if we start with Hastings Means yeah. Business, it's an initiative that I've done at other football clubs um, previously. It's quite a simple concept. We get businesses that are really interested in football and also that want to support Hastings United. Um, We have a quarterly business lunch at the football club, um, of which we've had two and they've been really well supported. Um, And it it attracts uh, people that want to support the club um, in their own way um, and want to find out more about what we do and who we are. And it's really a captive audience for us um, to um, showcase everything that's brilliant about Hastings United, really. Yeah, and you had the new management team on for the last one, didn't you? The uh, How did that go yes. down? Yes, brilliant. Uh, Paul Barnes did a uh, superb presentation, uh, ins and outs of um, what they do as a management duo and also how it relates to business, um, which is really good because if we can get that little link for business people to then have it as a set, like a little educational slot for them, Mm-hmm. Um, how football management in the modern day relates to business and running a business. You know, they're really interested in that. And um, that, that that went down really well. Yeah. So you're talking about you took this role on for the Hastings Mean Business. And I think that's through through Ben White, a part of the new ownership. Have you got any words on the new ownership? Anything you want to kind of tell us Hastings fans about them? Because 
we obviously we know him from playing for Hastings, yeah. but don't know the ins and outs of uh, that that relationship. Yeah, so basically, um, Aspire Sports Limited, which is a company that's been set up, obviously by uh, Ben, his dad, uh, Mark Gall, who is um, a under six, he's, he's our under thirteens girls manager, but also a director at the Hastings Sofa Company. Um, and we also have Metin Dubrovich, who is a businessman who's got a few restaurants in the southeast of England. Um, and previously, they've all been um, in the inception of the academy. They were all involved. Um, intrinsically in that um, right at the beginning. Um, any more detail on that, you probably have to interview Ben because he knows all the ins and outs. But I know them all personally. Um, they're all great individuals. They love football and they definitely love Hastings United Football Club and they want to see success on and off the pitch. And most, you know, they really, really advocate our academy because um, that is our future. It definitely is. It definitely is. I I, I know because obviously there's a the different training now. So I training in London half the week and and in Hastings half the week. Uh, is that something that is still is going to be still ongoing? This is that still the plan this season? Yeah, I mean, um, speaking to Paul, that is the plan this season. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to look at um, everyone's situation, player situations, where they live, where they've got to travel. Um, so it is probably the, the, the way of modern football. Um, you've got other clubs, obviously, that are in our vicinity that are uh, have a larger budget than us, um, that are paying players for on a full-time basis. Um, obviously, that costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, now, in order to get the best out of your players and the best out of your team, we've got to try and make, you know, get into training and training to a high level as easy as possible. And I think that the way that they're doing it at the moment is, is probably the best way for us in order to us be competitive with a lot of London teams, you know, so. Well, we certainly started competitively. Uh, it's been a, a decent start. Myself, just getting to know this new team, yeah. uh, completely, obviously, um, literally everyone from uh, last season has gone. So it's, uh, you know, for an old codger like me, who's um, a bit old school, you know, it's it a bit of a bit of a difficult to deal with, but I'm dealing with it. Uh, I'm, I'm taking my tablets. Uh, no, no. Uh, um, one thing I do need to, to mention um, that I really want to try and get as many people I can to is the 1st of December Hastings Means Business Christmas lunch. Um, so what we're trying to do is we, we, we want a more or less 12 till 5 event. Um, we're going to have uh, Mickey the Turka Taylor, um, who will be giving us a uh, talk regarding his book, um, Roller Coasters of Non-League Football, um, which will be really interesting. Uh, Mickey's a really interesting guy. Um, used to be a manager at St. Leonard's uh, Stamco um, up the road. Um, so a lot of people know him. Um, and we will also have, again, Paul Barnes giving us an update on what's happening at that period. So that gives us a couple of months of, of games. Mm. Uh, Paul will be updating us. Um, it's a two-course lunch, which is done by our in-house caterers, John Emerson Catering, which is obviously brilliant, as you probably, hopefully, the, you, you've experienced the food has gone up a level. Um, I ni- I nicked some from uh, Johnny Wills. Yes, it was a lot better. Yes, a lot better. Yeah. Now that's good. I'm more liquid lunch myself, but yeah, that's just uh, yeah, something yeah. I've got no, to deal I mean, with. It's just trying to get an offer in. We we are looking at improving yeah. that as well. To be mm. honest with you, uh, with potentially more outlets around the ground. Yeah. Um, loved you know just going a little bit off tandem. I loved going to Dulwich and learning a lot from what they've got up there. Um, mm. with the outlets around. You know that was really buzzing. So that that's that's cool. Um, but again. Hastings means business lunch on the 1st of December. Um, there is, you know, we, we can get people booked in. We can go up to about 100 in there. It'd be great to get that sort of number. Um, 
and then let everyone know how we're getting on with the football club, really. Well, I know from from my, my you know chatting on the Facebook and things like that, the, the various ways that us Hastings fans communicate. There's lots of people with ideas, you know that. Mm. It would be really good if we can get a few fans down there because uh, and to interact with business because um, uh, ideas that remain on Facebook are no good. You need to get out no. there, get talking with people, and get. Well, also, we 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 want ideas. You know, the new ownership mm. um, want people's ideas. They want to know what works for you because at the end of the day, you're the fan. So um, it, that's another reason Hastings means business exists is so that we can get expertise from people that run big businesses to then help the football club because if you're a closed book and you're a closed shop you're never going to develop at all and you have to just try new ideas as you know with regards to the fixture posters recently um that was a previous um concept that was obviously looked after by the supporters club as you mentioned mm. before um we we just need to get them out there because if your if your logo if your if your identity and your fixtures are about the town every month when we go to visit these people to give them these posters, we can have a chat about Hastings United. Mm. And potentially that's another source of sponsorship just by interacting with the local business community. And that's, for me as a, as a, as a commercial person, that's really why I wanted to do it so that we can interact, you know, face to face with people instead of just using social media all the time. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Face to face, far better. Mm. Talking of face to face. Hello, Georgia. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm Okay. Just to introduce Georgia Townsend, who's the under-9s yes, girls under coach. Yes, manager. And plays for Eastbourne United, which I, I don't know how we feel about that. I say, <laughs> not really. Uh, how long have you been in the role? And tell us about it, please. So I've been the coach for the under-9s um, since April last year. So this mm. is the first team I've had to myself, um, which has been really good. Um, I got the team due to the success of the Euros last year. So we, I was just helping out with the under-10s, but then it became massive girls football. We went from having eight girls to about 30 girls attending wow. training, which was, it was amazing to see how many girls want to come and play football. Mm. Okay. And so I, I expect from the, obviously the, the World Cup, you're going to need some help, aren't you? Yes. So um, last night at training, we did an open training session. So anybody could come and join in. And we had about 50 girls aged wow. five to 11 up at horn time. So, um, yeah, it was great to see this many girls and all of the girls, especially the younger ones, said that they've been watching the World Cup. Um, and that's why they want to come and play. So that was really nice to see. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's really good. Um, in terms of the journey, I know obviously it's um, Jake does the uh, the pre-academy. So it's, he's working with three to six-year-olds. The, the, that sort of six to nine-year-olds, who, who works with them there? So we've just got a new coach um, come in called Amy. Um, she's really keen to get started and she's just done her level one coaching. So she's taking all of the girls that are not quite old enough to enter into the leagues that we've got. So the youngest uh, competitive age group um, is the under nines, which I take. So then Amy's got all of the girls younger than that. So she had a group of 10 last night at training of really little girls wanting to try, try football out. It's amazing. If, I mean, obviously, with the women's setup was 2019, wasn't it, around then? It's amazing how much it's grown, considering, you know, we're not awash with money. A few things being televised, the, the enthusiasm for women's yeah. football, which is so good to see. Definitely. Even at Hastings. So I've been with Hastings just over a year now. 
And even since I've been, it's grown massively um, with the Girls Academy. So I think when I first started, there was just under 10s, under 11s, under 12s. And now we have under 9s, we have two under 11 teams, we have under 12s, under 13s, under 15s, and then hopefully we'll really expand that to have an under 18s one day for the Hastings. And just for any girls that are interested to listen to this, it's at Horntine, yeah? The train's always at Horntine or is it at different places? Um, Training will be at different venues, so we use a range of them, but it will always be publicised on social media if we do have any changes. Um, But if anybody does want to get involved, then they can contact myself or or James um, and we can direct them to the correct age group for them to come and try training out. Okay. All right, lovely. So in terms of the contacts, uh, I also could direct them to the Hastings uh, women's Twitter. George, I want to talk about the women's side. Obviously, you play for Eastbourne. What's your thoughts on how the current women's team is shaping up for Hastings? For Hastings, um, I think that they've managed the change well. So obviously, from um, a lot of players moving um, elsewhere, I think the, the new management team and Tom's come in and he's really brought the team together uh, to shape that up. And yeah, we're looking forward to playing Hastings again this season as Eastbourne United. Yeah, that should be a bit feisty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's it? Because obviously I, I, I'm, I'm biased. Obviously playing on the pilot field is far different than playing in Eastbourne, in my opinion. Uh, it's far better experience, the pilot field, the the uh, the green carpet that it is. Um, I mean, in terms of atmosphere, we, we do get some... Uh, a fair attendance at our women's games. I mean, is it like that at Eastbourne? Um, we do get quite a few supporters. Mm. Um, it's more family and then people that obviously enjoy watching football. So they watch the men's at Eastbourne, they come and watch the women's. But I think at Hastings, where they have the girls' academy, that kind of brings people through the gates. Mm. Um, obviously, Eastbourne doesn't have a, a girls' section. Mm. Um, but Hastings definitely has the advantage there to create like a family-friendly environment for girls to come in. So the girls get the opportunity to be mascots um, with the women. They get hosted um, in the boardroom. So they get snacks at half time. They're ball girls. So it's a really positive experience for them to go out. And then that brings their families in to get more supporters for the women's team. It's good the club's making the effort and that is bearing fruit. So that's all good to hear. Uh, James, let's talk about obviously. The, let's talk about Billy Wood. Let's talk about his um, what he brought to the the women's team. He put, obviously put a lot of time and energy into that, and 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 was uh, was successful. Has uh, since moved on to he's moved on to Hayward Heath. Do you, you want to give a few thoughts on Billy first, and then we'll talk about the new setup? Yeah, I mean, basically, you you can't forget about the contribution that Billy made to the women's section. Um, he, you know shone a massive light on the women's team. And over the last two seasons, they've been really competitive with a lot of players coming in. And yeah, I mean, it's it, the way that Billy markets things and the way that he he put, he developed it into a, a situation where the girls can now come and be mascots um, and ball girls is brilliant. And, and you know, we, you can't forget that. And you to mention that as, you know, is a really, really positive thing. I wish him all the best at Hayward's Heath. You know, um, he stepped a few levels up, which is um, going to be a challenge or it'd be a challenge for anyone, be a challenge for me. And, you know, we wish him all the best um, on that, really. The the current setup? The current setup is uh, we've got Tom Young, um, who obviously was <clears throat> just before uh, 
we had the change. Billy, he was assisting Billy as, as the first team coach, assistant manager. He's now come in um, after we had an interview process. We had uh, three or four applicants um, and Tom uh, shone through with his experience. Previously been at Lewis, he has just qualified as a UEFA B licensed coach. Um, and the way that he manages the team and his, his attributes with regards to um, welcoming young players into the squad is exactly the model that Hastings United want to develop now. Um, uh, Tiana Tapp, who was in our academy, um, previously playing in, in the only girl in a boys team, and now she's now she was Hastings United Academy, brief spell at Who, um, come back, she's straight into the first team, 16-year-old striker. Um, we have five players that are in our under-16s that will definitely be looking at taking that step um, probably halfway through this season, I imagine, when they, when they turn 16. Um, they're wanting to finish off their season with the under-16s. Uh, we have so many younger players around Hastings that that's, that's the, the avenue that Tom wants to go down. Obviously, we want to be competitive. Obviously, we want to win the league. We want to progress up the levels, but we need to try and do it in a more sustainable and yeah. local fashion. That's what we need to do, you know, just to manage it. Um, and really, we want to give people opportunity and you can't give people opportunity if players are coming down from Dartford and London at this level of women's football, in my yeah. opinion. So no, it sounds very good for the future. Uh, people with Hastings links, um, yeah. probably bringing more of a crowd as well. <clears throat> just if it's, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, for Hastings Eastbourne, I know that. That's, that's well, going to be a, a tasty a, one, that one. It was brilliant the other day when we had the World Cup final on. Um, mm. Obviously, unfortunately, the result, but we had the World Cup final on. The pilot bar was absolutely chocker, full of families, children watching the game. Um, we had the food bar open. A lot of them spilled over and stayed to watch the women's game straight after. What we're now going to try and do under the new ownership is we want to try and have fixtures and training with the girls academy on just before the women's game starts to warm up. Yeah. And then that will then draw in and showcase to the academy the development that is the opportunity that is there for them. Um, and like Georgia alluded to, you know, they can be ball girls, they can be mascots, they can come in at half time. There's a lot of people, you know, I've shared recently on Twitter. We've got some academy girls that have had photographs and getting autographs of the first team players. They absolutely love it and they mm. idolise the first team because that's where they see themselves going. And I don't know what Georgia probably feel the same. Ten years ago, that didn't look possible for a young girl, but now it does. And that's the difference. I've got three daughters, so I want to give them as much opportunity as possible. Mm. No, I'd say I, I know I'm maybe a bit being a bit of an old codger here, but like 30 years ago, um, my ex-wife used to play for uh, QPR. And what the level was like then in terms of facilities, how, you know, it was literally they had to make it up themselves. You know, it was, you know, they were lucky to get a goal nets. You know what I mean? It was ridiculously uh, underfunded and unloved. It was only the love of those girls that wanted to play yeah. that kept it going. So how particularly over the last 10 years it's progressed is is, is amazing. Well, I mean, Georgia, you, you'd probably be able to jump in on this and your experience is going to be more than mine about what, facilities you had when you were younger playing football yeah so obviously it always seems like the boys got given the better facilities um especially down at, at grassroots level but um the clubs that I've played for I've been lucky enough that they have had facilities um to use but I suppose now it's really getting better but there's still the issue with facilities in Hastings especially over the winter months so girls were without football well, not just the girls, all of the children in Hastings were without football when pitches were 
were flooded. So I think there needs to be more research and more routes to be looked into to make sure that these children can play football over the winter months. Yeah, it's an important point you make there over the fact that all children uh, were denied basically playing playing space for anything, really. I mean, it's uh, something that I hope the new ownership are going to have a dialogue with the council. Um, I've heard lots <clears> of talk from the council about uh, maybe possible uh, 3G pitches being sourced. But I mean, that costs money. And I know, you know, it, it, talk is cheap. So uh, I don't know where to go yeah. with that. Uh, I, mean, go on, thing, uh, I think, you know, dialogue with the council has already started at the end of the day, you know, because we have a lot of councillors that support our football club and we, you know, um, appreciate all their opinions. I think what we want now is everyone just to support each other and get this problem solved. Um, politics aside, they need places to play. So we're all coming up with different solutions and ideas. And it's now just about trying to work out what's best for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the way I see it. At the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a problem solving sort of person. And it's just solve it the easiest way for everybody, really. Um, but yeah, the dialogue has started and um, it is positive. So good. You know, How's Eastbourne, how's Eastbourne getting on, by the way? Um, we have only had one league game so far uh, last weekend against Montpellier. Um, we won 3-2. Oh, there we go. Uh, and you did the, you set up the winner? Uh, no, not the winner. Oh, okay. I did set up one, though. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's all I need to hear. Um, okay, well, listen, James, Georgia, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Doing great work. Uh, and it's, got, it's so good to see that, you know, the more people involved with Hastings, it's just it's just great and the growth of the club uh, over the last particularly last five six years uh it, it warms my heart so um take care and um i'll see you both at the game yeah
over to the one from the archives, my interview with Councillor Andy Batsford, recorded after the tumultuous fan forum in November. I'm just so glad things have moved on and moved forward and look so much more rosy now. But uh, let's, <laughs> let's take you back to those, for me, dark times. I've got the lovely Andy Batsford here. Andy Batsford's portfolio is sport and leisure. Sport, leisure and health, yeah. Thank you, sport, leisure and health. We're here to talk about uh, <laughs> the pilot field, Tyne Kiln, Horntine, lots of things. Um, first of all, hello, Andy. Hiya, how are you doing? All right, Chris? No, not bad, not bad at all, sir. Um, first of all, let's, the Tyne Kiln. Is it happening? Is it available? Or is it off the cards? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the Tolkien site is off the cards mm. for development. As I said at the uh, the meeting uh, two Thursdays, about two Thursdays ago, mm. um, yeah, every political party in Hastings stood on a manifesto of not developing green spaces <laughs> and uh, and playing fields. So I think, yeah, realistically, I think we've all got to stick to those decisions being mm. made. It's not it's not taken in isolation, but we do think that there are other places in the town that could really be used mm. for the club to look at, to develop and to move forward as a sustainable club. That's the most mm. important thing for me. Is it sustainable in the long term? Yeah, yeah. So just for people that would ask about the time kiln, I mean, in terms of financially, it's not sustainable or is there, because of it being a green space, would it be difficult anyway to, to get... Well, I mean, there's things built. On yeah, that. I mean, I mean, there's two. I think there's two things there. There's there's the business model, mm. and then there's the there's the sort of uh, environmental issues yeah, as yeah. well. So you've got the business model. So just a little quick timeline, really, on it. That the whole original plan to build on the Tolkien site was this: that the the club would borrow a sizable amount of money, millions of pounds. And then it would build the stadium and the facilities at Tolkien first, and then it would then it would come down to uh, once that was built and the club moved mm. over, mm. then they would um, build the houses, eighty six houses on the pilot field site, and the profits from the sale of those houses would then pay back the loan the club took out to build the facilities at Tolkien. Mm. It became very clear very quickly that there wasn't enough money from the sale of the houses to pay for the whole development at mm. Tolkien. Mm. Um, before COVID, that was around about £2 million worth of deficit. And the club, when I asked the club directors, they said that they had, they had people that would invest in the facilities, mm. which is fair enough to say that. But clearly the, the council officers who were dealing with the directors and asking for the business plan needed to be needed to see something a bit more concrete than my mates will lend me the money. They needed to know where that money was going to come from, how they were going to pay back the repayments and that sort of thing, because obviously the club needs to be sustainable. Post-COVID and post the explosion in, in the cost of steel and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff, that £2 million deficit, I'm going to guess, is around about three to £4 million now. So we've got this situation where we've got a club that is quite rightly pushing for better facilities, mm -hmm. But I cannot see a clear and honest business plan about how those facilities are going to be built and how they're going to be sustained in the future. Because, yeah, I, I did ask the directors, is the club going to borrow two million, three million pounds? Mm. The response was, no, the club is not going to borrow that money. Mm. So I said, 
So are the directors going to be borrowing that money? I didn't get a straight answer. Mm. Somebody is going to have to borrow a serious amount yeah. of money because the, the selling of the houses on the pilot field will not pay for the facilities. So that, that's the number one biggest problem with this project at the moment, the big black hole of two to three million pounds worth of money. The second part is that the people that live around the pilot fields are not very keen on 86 new houses being built on that site. They've got massive issues around the flooding, about the uh, infrastructure around there, the impact on, on, on cars and, and travelling around there, but mainly around the fact that they're already being flooded out of their houses with raw sewage because the system around there just can't cope already. Mm. Plus you've got Tolkien site, which is well used by um, uh, clubs already. I mean, mo most, of, most of us with uh, our kids and everything have, have played... Um, our summer training sessions up on, up on the Tolkien site. Dog walkers love working up there. It's a free and open space to lots of people that use live up in Hollington, which is one of my, my most deprived areas in the town. Even if the club, and in their latest plans, very kindly showed a dog walking route around the outside of the, of the infrastructure of Tolkien, yeah, that is not having a big open space like it is at the moment. That is just sort of almost playing... Yeah, giving a little bit to somebody just to say that you can walk your dog still. So, yeah, there's there's problems on both sides, ecologically and, if you like, yeah, local people being against those developments happening. But the biggest one for me, and yeah, as a local councillor and somebody who's in charge in some directly with the council finances and the town, is that that business plan just does not stack up, and there has never been. A business plan signed off by the uh, by the council, and that's why the heads of terms have never been signed off by the council or the club, and that's where the Tolkien site development sort of stands and falls, really, in my view. Yeah. So just so for fans that are listening, like when you say terms of terms of uh, service and things like yeah. that, so it's that they they haven't signed off to guarantee that this money is coming from somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Basically so, so the, the, head, the heads of terms can be lots of things. I mean, you know, when you when you buy a bit of land mm -hmm. or you look to develop something, you always have a heads of terms between the two parties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, the, so the, the, head, the heads of terms will have various bits yeah. and pieces in the agreement: mm -hmm. a business plan, a community strategy, and and so uh, yeah, use of the land, open spaces, mm -hmm. all, all those sort of things that are in the heads of terms. Mm -hmm. And if one of the parties aren't happy with any of those bits and pieces, they just will not sign the heads of terms. Mm. So you can't move forward. When the directors came forward and said, we're going to put a planning application in, mm. that's when the officers and the political part of the, of the council said, don't put a planning application in. We haven't got heads of terms signed off. Mm. You know, you, you could, it'd be totally at your own risk. Mm. And that, that was, they're the conversations that will come out, you know, it, in the report, basically, the report will show that at no point was there any encouragement to put a planning application in to the, to the club from the council. Mm. Okay, all right. Yeah, so we're look, looking at other options. Obviously, the, the, the area itself is screaming out for facilities, and that's obviously the biggest point. Uh, we've got tons of, obviously, young young people playing football, loads of club, um, teams, but also, obviously, our, our own first team. We can't, can't play on that pitch, so... In terms of the future, what can the council 
I know maybe not put it in black and white, but what can they be doing? What can they be providing? No, it's, it's a, I mean, yeah, there is a massive need for sporting facilities in the town full stop. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm just working on at the moment on the levelling up bid that the government have given us some money for uh, bringing forward a plan for a new leisure centre in, in the town. So we've got, we've got a new leisure centre being put forward because we're, we're in desperate need of facilities. We're very aware, playing pitch strategy, which is coming out in the new year, which yeah. is the Hastings and Robber playing pitch strategy, will yeah. show that there's a, a, a gap of around about one or two full-size 3G pitches yeah. short for the town. Sunday league football, Saturday league football on grass pitches is sort of slowly diminishing, but the, the increase in that weekday yeah. clubs playing five-a-side, full-side, yeah, yeah, yeah. is, 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 a, is, is a big big increase in football in the town. So we desperately need some new 3G facilities. The council's looking very hard about how we bring them forward at the moment, and we hope to have some announcements in the new year about how we're bringing those those facilities forward. But there's also the Football Foundation money out there. The Football Foundation are desperate to invest in Hastings in grassroots football. The playing bitch strategy is an important document that will allow us to access that money. What does what, the Football f- f- uh, Foundation do, though? What does it do? What, it, uh, my, my, my understanding is that that, that that is sort of money downloaded from the sort of big clubs at the top and down into the Football Foundation to look at grassroots football. And, mm. and, and they're very much focused on improving playing surfaces. Okay. That's, their, that's their big focus. Mm. This is why I've been, we've been asking the officers to meet up with the directors to look at pilot fields. Because yeah. if, if the Tolkien site is off the, is, is off the agenda... Yeah then is the pilot fields a possible place to redevelop and actually have football there sustainably for the future? Mm. The Football Foundation are looking desperately to invest money in grassroots football, mm. but, they, but the money can only be downloaded through a council body. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, 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 so we, we would like to work with the, with, with the club walk around the site, understand what the, what the pressures are on the site, mm-hmm. and can we look at how we can make the pilot fields more sustainable as a playing surface? Yeah, there, there are lots of options. Yeah, I've, I've heard people talk about maybe putting a 3G pitch mm-hmm. yeah. on the pilot fields. Yeah, sacrilege to most, yeah, most of us, but it would, like Eastbourne show, mean that you can then use it every single night for your training, for your, for your academies yeah. process, for community use. It suddenly becomes a big business asset that pays for the future of the club, you know. So instead of instead of that pitch sitting there beautifully um, preserved for the for the for the, uh, the 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 big boy and big girl matches, mm. you know, you can use it every single day. Generates income. All that money that's spent on renting out the uh, the Rye Rugby Club and uh, various other three G pitches around the town and outside the town, that money comes into the club. Mm. Right? Yeah. So. I'm not saying it's the most 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 romantic idea of putting a 3G pitch in the middle of it, and I spoke to David Nestling about this many years ago. But it is a, is one option, mm. you know. And of course, then we've got horn tie as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk on horn tie now. I, as far as I was aware, uh, when I was at that meeting a few weeks back, horn tie was off the table. Mm. So please, if it is, if, is it back on the table? Well, it was really interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. At that meeting, um, the, the the directors were very clear. Uh, they said that the horn, horn tie had been sold already. Well, uh, I've, I've had some conversation with Dave Nestling later. Dave Nestling, obviously, everybody knows him as, as one of the old directors of the Pacers yeah. United, but now he's heavily involved in the Horn Tie Trust. Um, he confirmed to me that they hadn't sold, sold the Horn Tie ground. They have got a preferred buyer. Yeah. 
but that's pending on planning permission being granted. So, they, so the window's open still there, okay. you know, for the club to, to talk directly to the directors of, um, as well, because yeah, and, and they're very good. They're, they're very close to each other. Days and Everything still does quite a bit of interesting work for the club. So they, 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 there's a connection there yeah. between the two of them. There's an opportunity to have that real strong conversation. Yeah, the Hastings, the, the, the Horntie Trust are desperate for a sporting legacy mm. um, as they as they move out of the Horntie site. You know, what would be a better legacy than than Hastings United moving in? Lovely new stadium on um, there. Clubhouse already built. 3G pitch on the hockey pitch. Car parking facilities already there. It's a no-brainer, really. Yeah. And from the point of view of a carbon footprint and for reduced costs to develop that site, it's got to be a winner, hasn't it? I mean, you know, you're, you're talking yeah, maybe £700,000 to resurface the, free, the 3G pitch there, the, the hockey pitch and the 3G pitch. You've got the facilities there already in the clubhouse with a few bits of knocking through walls to make them various various areas better. And as, as the director said at that meeting, you can buy seating, yeah, the, 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 the needed Price 200 seating, yeah, the yeah. Sta- yeah, for fairly cheap, it seemed yeah. to be, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the, 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 the ground is encircled, which I believe is one of the statutory things you need for grading. It's, it's actually, yeah, it's got um, yeah, fenced off. So, yeah, Horntide, to me, looks like the perfect fit for both the Horntide Trust to have a sporting legacy and the club, if they desperately need to move out of pile of fields to find a new home. But, you know, it's down to the directors to be flexible, to have a conversation with the Horntide Trust and for, dare I say it, profit not to always be the biggest motive. You know, sustainability of the club, the club staying in Hastings, the club growing is the most important thing for the town and for the council and for the supporters. Oh. Okay. I mean, just I want to ask you, obviously, we've had the announcement that uh, the Hastings are going to go to Eastbourne Borough and they've got an agreement and they signed that off apparently four or five months ago. I mean, what's the council's view on it? The, can, the council hasn't got really... Yeah, my personal view is... My, my personal view is, yeah, as a Hastings United yeah, supporter and, and you know, go, go to the matches, that you can't... You know, if the directors decide to take the club, Hastings United to Eastbourne, then it almost ceases to be Hastings United. It sort of becomes mm. the Peter Sherlock and Darren United. Yeah, they, mm. they, the, the council can't stop them taking their brand, their their shop front, and playing their first team matches somewhere else. Mm. But, you know, as we said at the meeting, are we really talking about putting minibuses on, talking about losing massive amounts of attendance, you know, ripping the, 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 the club that they've, built beautifully in that area yeah Billy Wood's done an incredible job to build that community and the attendances are fantastic across the board are we really saying that despite the face of, of the council work we're going to move the club that we love from Hastings to Eastbourne you know as one of the people said at the meeting it will be the death nail of the club as it stands at the moment if they move it to Eastbourne so yeah I am openly calling the directors to not take that threat off the table that sit down work with the officers to look at pilot fields as it is, or have those conversations with the Horntide Trust about staying in Hastings and developing a site that is not only sustainable, but also one that doesn't impact on green spaces that are out there at the moment. So, you know, there, there are some big decisions that the trust, that the, the, the directors need to make in the next couple of months. Yeah, do they pursue going down this sort of attacking the council 
and 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 being blind to a plan B or C, or can they sort of row back and actually put the club front and focus in their mind rather than their their pride and their two hundred thousand pounds that they spent riskily on a planning application? Okay, well, thanks very much for that, Andy Batsford. Cheers, mate. Join the SBTS Fan Roundtable. Many thanks for Andy, Ben, Terry and Gabs for making it happen. Well, on this lively chatter that we're having, uh, very welcome Wasted. to episode... Are you recording? Are you I recording? am recording, but oh, episode thank, thank 106... Yeah, exactly. Fan Roundtable. Uh, they just do it on their own now. They, no need for me anymore. Um, <laughs> the wonderful Terry from Margate, uh, Gabs from Enfield, the man in the box in many ways, Andy Q, and the f- most photographed man to ever watch a Hastings game, uh, Ben Bennett. Hello to all of you. Hello, Chris. Good evening, Chris. Yeah, great. Good Chris. <laughs> a few people on the bit of time limit here, so I'm going to jump straight to Gabs, because I want to ask him a couple of things. Gabs, what are we thinking about Enfield's excellent start? And then I'm going to start asking you about, a little bit about the fan ownership thing. Talk about Enfield quick. Yeah, um, it's been a Incredible start, but at the same time, that's exactly what it is. It's a start. Um, you know, played was it five, no, six, six league games now, five, six league games. Still a meeting, still second, breeze through the FA Cup. Um, and we're looking really, really good. 
and we're playing <laughs> we're not playing anything like we did last year um which i know to a large section of the fan base uh and probably some opposition fans as well uh will come a is a great surprise and b as a very positive surprise um but no it's it's yeah we, we've hit a bit of a purple patch start the season hopefully it lasts um but you know that remains to be seen yeah and who got saturday we have got Bognor Regis Town at home. Um, and then we've been very lucky. We've been drawn to, uh, who's it we got at home? Wow. Felix Stone Woolen. Um, so that's basically three home games on the bounce. So um, we got beat by Felix. down I'm, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think we, did we play Felix Stone? We, we did. We got, not, we got, was that the FA Vars? It was the either trophy? the Vars or the Trophy. Yeah. yeah, one of those. It wasn't the FA Cup. It was the Vars or the Trophy. They beat us at, mm. was it 2 1, maybe? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so you need to win at least five or six nil there for us, please, Gabs. <laughs> we'll try. We're, they do love a cup competition. We actually played them last year in the Velocity, I think. Mm. We went there. It's a lovely ground. They've done it up really nicely. Um, and we won 2-1, but we made God hard work of it. Like, we should have been about four up by our time. Yeah, decent decent side on their day. Yeah, just quickly, because uh, I say, I know I know you you got you got a little bit of time. You might be able to add a few things no, after we've all started talking. But just I wanted to talk to you about. I just mentioned it to Andy about the fan ownership. Now I'd people talk about fan ownership, and I just I hear it and I think, oh, it sounds nice. But what does it, what is the actual the actual reality of it at say Enfield? Um, good question. I mean, the reality is is it's basically ingrained in everything we do. In that it's it's sort of unusual for being in our sense, quite usual to not have to worry about an owner or, you know, or sort of who mucks in and does what really. I mean, it, it in its essence, you pay, you know, 20 quid for your membership annually. Um, and that is your, that's your slice of the club. That's your sort of ownership certificate. Um, and you get all of the kind of democratic rights that come along with that. So, you know, any kind of major decision the club votes on, whether it's to sort of install a 3G pitch or, you know, we have one to upgrade our bar facilities, I think the last AGM and, you know, little things like that. You know, you'll have your you have your say, you have sort of access to meetings and uh and things like that. But essentially, yeah, it just means that that it's a, a club that is run sort of entirely by and for its it's the benefit of its members. Um, you know, that's that's not all of our match going fans. I think we've got it up to about 350, 360 at the start of the season, which isn't too bad. It's about sort of 60% odd of what we usually get on a match day um you know but but those you know for those 350 odds you know that's that's their you know they can sort of say they're owners of the club basically mm. so that is that so, like, is, go on sorry Andy go on. I was gonna, yeah yes, so yes. it comes I probably might ask the same as what you're thinking given what we were talking about this Gab before mm. you came on and so 350 times 20 quid is obviously um What's that seven? <laughs> yeah. So, 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 given the value of that, given the overall value yeah. of one of those clubs, where does who is there somebody who holds a controlling share who really puts some money in? Because we, because we're just interested. Because the value of a club would be more than, wouldn't it? So, yeah, absolutely. How does that ownership model work in that context? It's a very, um, it's a very valid point, and it's another, um, it's another very valid question. And to be honest. I mean, obviously, you know, we'd, we'd consider ourselves sort of far more valuable than that. But but to answer the, the question in terms of who has a controlling state, no one does really. Um, every member gets one, you know, one share and one vote. Um, mm. I mean, we when when the old Enfield kind of went under, it was as a result of, you know, the chairman making promises he couldn't keep and then moving the grounds. And, you know, we, we when we were sort of formed, you know, when we were established in 2001, we didn't. Uh, I say we like I was there, but 
um you know you were there that, in spirit yeah yeah it's a little toddler um but um you know that that was essentially the aim um i mean our, our, our income is essentially you know as it would be probably you know i imagine sort of before you know before kind of big ownership which is kind of sponsors um obviously gate receipts um membership and individual donations um we don't really have a um sometimes to our detriment sometimes to our benefit but we don't have a, a you know a backer if you like we don't have a, a sugar yeah. daddy um you know but but in a in a way that's that's it's quite a nice thing you know it means it means you you know you have a very clear conscience whenever you're spending money around the club whenever you kind of come through the turnstiles yeah it's just interesting isn't it because if you went up to suppose your season continued and went, you went up to national league south and and then you your wage bill mm. goes up your travel bill goes up and some local businessman says, Absolutely. right, I'll offer all of you a thousand pound each for your 20 quid share or whatever. I'm just wondering, it's an interesting thing as to how that works. Once the club starts, um, is it is it sustainable? Is it sort of, um, can you grow it with that model? That's the quite interesting conundrum, isn't it? Massively, yeah, but... massively. And it's one we've it's one we've had to ask ourselves a few times, but that ethos is very much you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a very romantic one. Uh, from a personal point of view, it's one that I really love, um, mm. and I I yeah. want, want to change. Um, mm. But I know I know that very legitimately. You know, we've had fans basically saying, "How long? How long can it last?" Um, you know, and if if hypothetically we were to reach those levels, it would be something we'd have to consider. But um, just from my point of view, I I, I really like the way it is. Um, yeah, no, I understand you know, that. I guess you would put the, you'd put the promotion in nice problem to have territory. I guess, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. It's, but it's a problem. It's a problem we desperately want, though. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I don't. I didn't want to put you on the spot. It was just. It was in my head. I was just wondering, like, because a lot of people talk about fan ownership, and and I, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, I, I didn't have any idea of how it worked. Mm. It's the sort of thing that you know we've talked about. At, you know, at our club, we've got a billionaire owner and a lot of fans are frustrated because he's not putting the money in that they think he should i mean he's he's basically he's he's, he's bought the club um you know bought the ground off the council so we don't have to worry about the council being their usual selves um and it, it's one of those things all the fans are going oh why can't we do this why can't we do it? the owner should be doing this the owner should be doing that and it's like that's that's a sort of the supporters club do a lot of the things like you know we you know we put money into it but if we if we were to sort of expand that into a into a, like you like you say a twenty quid a year and be able to to put into into how the clubs run, I think a lot more fa- a lot of fans would be more into that because they're not happy with the fact that our, our own is a bit tight because he won't spend out. But then he's also keeping us solvent. You know, he, he's yeah. it's like we're not living beyond our means. Yeah. So it's like it's a. It, it, Six of one half dozen and the other the way it is, but it's it's a really interesting, you know, I didn't know anything about it. And the way where you said through there, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's something that you could like put to the other club. Well, if you're that if you're that worried about how the club's being run, why don't you do this then? You know, I guess just, the fact that M, I guess the fact that Enfield ceased to exist makes it easier to go straight yeah. to a from a sort of ground zero fan fan ownership model rather than having to find the money because if you had to find the money to buy the club off your owner oh, who yeah, owns the ground <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it a different a different movie. world isn't it? <laughs> exactly and we were the first to do it as well um, yeah you know, yeah we, we set that template for Wimbledon and, and the rest so um, that's great yeah, it's great it's working for you pioneers mm. absolutely actually it's, an, it's another reason why why you know we can kind of uh, you know 
ourselves as Enfield Town, we can kind of take a little bit of pride in that. Yeah. It's another another kind of pro rather than the, you know, rather than the cons of, you know, if we were to come up. Yeah. We mm. don't want to talk about the other Enfield Town, do we? <laughs> no. There's only one Enfield Town. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say Terry's... Enfield. Yeah, so t- Terry was speaking there. Um, Terry, you know, he, mo- he might dip into his pocket because this could possibly be a promotion season. You started off strongly. A few yeah, really we had a bit results. of a bad, bad bank holiday weekend, but, you know, we're, we're, we're back on it now, so. And you, you're on to Cup Glory against Folkestone now, yeah? That should <laughs> yeah, be a tasty game. Yeah, I think so well last weekend, so we're hoping that we can just pick up and it was just a bit of a hiccup. Hmm. And um, hopefully we can keep the momentum going now because the first first half on on saturday wasn't particularly good and we're all like oh god here we go again like and then second half three goals in seven minutes you know it was like cardio workout (laughs) well talking about that tell everyone what happened to you 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 actually stopped a game didn't you oh god yeah (laughs) um well i thought steve corley's shot was gonna go in the goal and it didn't And it dinged me straight upside the head. <laughs> and the ref stopped the game. And I physio had to come over and give me a little bit of treatment because I was sitting on the sitting on the floor watching the Tweety Birds come around me head. <laughs> but, but Terry, a classic non-league injury. Yeah, Did you, yeah. Like, you handed like your beer. Six, six minutes of added time and two of them were mine. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him about you handed your beer to the person next to yeah, you and I, then I, went I down. Did, the chap standing next to me was our, our media guy, and I was like, Can you just take that for me? I'm going to sit down and this <laughs> I had to my and stand on the floor. Yeah, priorities. Thank yeah, you, you, you can't be can't be wasting your drinking. No. No, you can't no. What a waste. Presence of mind. Well, talking oh. of FA Cup, uh I mm-hmm. the the one the one person on this panel that went to the game, uh Irif, uh Ben, you want to give us the lowdown on the uh, draw at Erif? Um, very hot, too too hot probably. It was the game was kind of played. It wasn't fast and frantic. It was not how we've been playing. We've been playing with a lot of energy, and I think um, the um, the conditions played a part in that. I think, but um, we had the, we had a lot of two or three really well good chances. We we've, we've definitely been putting away recently. Um, yeah, we had. a Good bit of possession. They had a couple of little breaks that um, Charlie Granger made a good save to, towards the end. Actually, about a few minutes from full time, it was um, could have been obviously could have ended up even worse. But yeah, it was um, probably it, if we probably could have had four or five de- over there. We probably in a way we probably could have conceded a couple, but we sh- we should have got through it yesterday. But um, we have to do it again on Wednesday. But yeah, still still a good little away trip. Yeah, it was obviously and, uh, played played it well in because um, the ground share with with them. So yeah, there, there wasn't wasn't a huge crowd there. There's quite a few from Hastings, um, probably more from Hastings than it was them. Um, but yeah, what about one of our old boys, uh, Finn Amara was playing and uh, with a magnificent yes. mane of hair now. And, and did he have a good game? He did actually. Yeah, yeah, you can probably would have sensed that anyway. He was gonna he, he was gonna turn up against against us wasn't he but um yeah he done all right Femi did have a one and one which he should have scored he got through the through the back line and first half which he's been putting away but um, other than that I think Finn had a decent game apart from apart from his hair it was um it was it was decent <laughs> well we've had a, we've had a good start to the season you know I don't mind a draw away in a cup bring them back home and win yeah get a, get an average performance out of the way you know I'm not. I think it's a bit. I think, mm. I think it's a bit, a bit deflating yesterday because you go and then you you, you think, oh, we probably could have won that four or five. We should, probably should have done in in the end. Um, 
but yeah, we got at least we're still in the hat. We probably could have, uh, like I say, we probably could have um, been at the, the other end of a, a poor result at the end there. But yeah, we've got to do it again on Wednesday now, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But I can't yeah. see why we should. By what I saw of Arif, um we should we should um, get a few past them on Wednesday night. I like to think I think there wasn't enough to me that they're going to be a huge huge threat apart from the couple of chances they had. Um, we was we'll probably step it up a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, I can't um, see us. I can't see. I can't see us not progressing. That's for sure. We've got if we if well when we win, let's be confident. Mm. When we win, we got Dorkin away, and it over. Dover. Is it Dover? Do- Dover. Oh, Dover. 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 Yeah, Dover. It's got a D yeah, in it. Dover, that's a tuppy. Sorry? It's got a D in it. I, I, got, I got close enough. Where did you get Dorkin from, seriously? I don't know. I don't. It's been all over the chat all day, Dover. The, the draw's yeah. been on. I, I'm never on that Dorkin. chat. I'm never on that chat. You are, because you spend most of the chat rowing with Nick. I t- no, I get abuse. Just, just, just quickly as a sidebar. <laughs> the one, right, Ben, who's the one that gets all the abuse on the chat? It's me, you know. Yeah, because you know why? Because you buy it every opportunity. Nah, I don't. I'm you not. Any, I'm not easily wound up. Yeah, between I think you've got a big competition with you and you and Dane. Actually, I think there's definitely up there with the um, the biggest biters in the club. Yeah, it is. They do. Yeah. That Nick, he's a champion. Yeah. He, uh, he's a true champion of. Uh, Mate, any, anybody can wind you up, not just Nick. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, and uh, honourable shout to Keith Wareham, always doing God's work on tr- Twitter. Just uh, thought I'd add that. Man's relentless. He He's just sunshine on a rainy day. Yeah. Really. I do have to say, though, that um, that young lady who he, um, who he replied to on Twitter today, obviously, in the interest of research, I had a look at her um, Twitter thread. And, yeah. And... Uh, it's interesting. I was at her, I would describe her camera angles as consistent. She just seems to put out the same photo every other day. Doesn't stop maybe, Keith Wareham. I mean, that's it's maybe, that's what, maybe that's what her fans of you know. Yeah. Maybe she decided that's the angle that does it. But they're, they're just yeah, yeah. How we ended up he, involved. He is a he is a legend. He is yeah, a legend. He's, a legend. He's, yeah. he's he's one of our own. He's one of our own. Mm. We haven't got many of one of our owns anymore. But Keith Wareham is definitely one of our own. Uh, as a sidebar. Um, Right, well, um, yeah, my eyes. Well, actually, Andy, I've not spoke. Look, how how do you feel? Early doors. How's it going in the box? Obviously, you've been putting some great music out there. Great um, mix, eclectic mix, definitely. And I'm not taking a piss there. Uh, you know, there's some good stuff you've been putting out. How have you? What's the reaction been like? And yeah, the feedback is still is still quite good. It's very interesting, actually. The feed the may the feedback that we get is nearly always from people over the age of forty. <laughs> there's quite an in, there's quite an interesting divide in the levels of interest in music and that mm. in the generations. That's one of the that's the one of the biggest um, factors. I'm constantly being collared. Um, Lord Vernon Couchman collared me the other week at the ladies' game and and um, insisted on giving me a load a, a load of tracks and that sort of thing. Um, obviously. Um, yeah, it's interesting how obviously Pat, Pat McCrossan, all of the people of that generation, they're the ones who show the most interest in the um, in the music side of it. James, James Hopkins, who does this, a lot of the commercial stuff now, all those people, he's probably about the youngest person who, and he must be, he must be getting on for 40, who, who gives regular feedback on it. 
But it's interesting. That's one of the interesting things, actually, the, the <laughs> generational divide and the levels of interest in music. I'll tell you that. Mm, yeah. But it's quite good fun. I mean, that that Easter weekend, sorry, not the August Bank Holiday weekend was quite interesting with the just playing a bit of local music and then just out of the blue, the Kid Capici thing cropped up on the Monday because yeah. they'd done their video at the ground. And I mean, that was interesting. I mean, just interesting the fact that I had a copy of their single on my laptop two days before it was played on Radio One. You know, so that just shows just shows yeah, an interesting, brilliant. interesting sort of bit of reach there, has to be said. Has it's anyone heard yeah, of Kid Capici outside of Do you know, the the only reason I have is is because of this podcast. <laughs> that's not right. That's Are not you me listening, Kid wanted Capici? to buy you like a fiver. <laughs> no, I'll get nothing I'll get nothing from no one, mate. All I get is stick. One of the things I must add is I have a, put a song request in as uh, Matt Longhurst, <laughs> who's the manager of Irif now. He used to be manager of Ramsgate. I've always thought he looked like the lead singer of Brother Beyond. So I have put a request for uh, The Harder I Try by Brother Beyond for Wednesday. I won't be there, though, to hear it or to hear the booze. He won't be. Well, do you want me to knock it back to Saturday? Well, he won't be there, will he? It's just because uh, oh, I have said yeah, to we'll... Matt that he looks like the lead singer of Brother Beyond. Yeah. So, But will he, will he, is it more important that he hears it or you hear it? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, he'd just yeah. probably ignore it and... He's probably exactly. forgotten who I am. So, so you know, I can always knock it back to Saturday just for your own listening pleasure. It's it, why not? Eh? I'll get more booze. I'll get more booze anyway. Uh, Andy, I I like to put in a request actually, because like, because obviously we've got we've got loads of songs, player songs, club songs, or anything like that. Maybe we yes. like at the end of end of the game if we get a good win and certain players scored a goal, play the tune to that player and things like that. I have, if we I pass have, over. I did. Yeah, I think so, you did one game, didn't you? Well, I did. I played. Um, I played. Come on, feel the noise on Saturday or Monday. That, in yeah, the lead yeah, up, yeah. In that the lead up to yeah, I remember that. Game's and also, I have... <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a popular beat combo from the nineteen seventies, Slade. Yeah. yeah, we should. We get George to send you some of the some of the songs, so you know which ones that we sing. Because you might, to be honest, that's not. You know, you might not hear it. You know, it might not be. Yeah, it depends. I played, I've played, um, just can't get enough a couple of times as well at the end of the game. So things like that. So, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm always open to um, sensible suggestions. I mean, we just we sort of started getting a bit of a pattern now that I play records about two o'clock to two fifteen because there's hardly anyone there. I play records just for my own gratification. Really. <laughs> well, and when then... when we come down to you. Anything from like That's 80s Dave. heavy rock, I'm 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 down for that. Yeah, so yeah, I tend to I do I do tend to then you get the sort of um more modern top forty dancey playlist between quarter past two and quarter three during warm up time, and then I've tended to play some tend to play the heavier stuff in the rather kick off. So I'm always game for that. We've had um you know Iron Maiden. Yeah, I, I'm I down did for that. Play, I did play Arcade Fire as well, Chris, yeah. last weekend. Yeah, and like anything like that. that. Any 80s, I found a great sort of obscure bit of 80s hair metal that um, Vernon Couchman recommended to me. So any anything of that sort of nature in the run-up to kick-off, we tend to um, turn it up a bit. Decent Are You uh, Being Served as well? We put Are You Being Served on? Like we have that. played Are You Being Served mm. theme tune as well, yes. Mm. So did you play like Status found... Quo last year? I did play. Oh. I played Deeper did and we... Down, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Deeper and Down I played. And the Ramones, anything like that, all that sort of stuff is sort of bang on for the 15 minutes to kick off. Yeah, so anyone listening, anyone listening, 
he puts a playlist out before every game, don't you? I tend to. Andy? What I tend to do now is I I put it out after the game on oh, okay, Spotify sorry. purely because sometimes I suddenly if you suddenly get someone who runs into the box and says we're doing this before kickoff or this oh, or I that see, before yeah. kick then it gets hacked around. And also what I do is I hack out all the regulars like Sussex by the Sea and and I just hack all those sort of things out and then publish the songs. So, yeah, on the day after, I always publish the playlist on Spotify. Okay, yes, yep. So uh, are you playing any music at Enfield yet? I'm sure you said you might try, Gab. I did and I haven't got anywhere yet. I haven't got anywhere yet. I I think (laughs) that... I need to I need to have a have a chat with Andy who's on the PA system at, at town um, about about uh, expanding our repertoire I think because it's it's uh, somewhat better at the moment we we don't even uh, we don't even have discussions about it. You need a little bit of a popular uprising there. Take the box. There you go. That's that's the next item for discussion. That's the next item for discussion. Yeah, get that on the agenda in your next meeting. <laughs> I've got, ben, I've got a quick, go quick thing yeah, for Gab, actually. I don't know if he, I don't know if he knows him, but he's uh, was one of the biggest Arsenal fans there is. John Williamson, he's he's from Enfield Way. I don't know if you know him. He's a really big, Ars- big Arsenal fan. He's probably, oh, we'll, we'll not say it. He was, he's probably about 60s or something, but he's, he's Enfield Way, but he does, he goes everywhere, like the women's game. The, I don't know if he goes to the women's, he goes to the under 23s, under 18s, he goes to America. All like pre goes every game. He's been on Sky Sports cut cut of times for a couple of interviews, but he's he's Enfield way. But I think when Arsenal don't play, he does he does pop along. So um, yeah, it's John Williamson. He's is a he, legendary yeah, Arsenal. He's a legend ben, at Arsenal. Ben, does he do Arsenal fan TV? No, he, 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 he wouldn't go near that, mate. No, no, <laughs> only 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 idiots going there. I love riling him up. I tell you what, they they viscerally hate Arsenal fan TV. Like to me, that is pure entertainment. Yeah, for, look for at him. Look other, at him. For every other club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a bit on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't stand him. No, no. I do, okay. It's only to wind him up. Uh, you know. It doesn't wind me up. I'm not not like no, you. No, of course you're not. Of course you you're not. You get wound up. up so easily. I'm not like you. I just let it go in <laughs> my head. Sorry, the, no, the worst thing is that be, Margate yeah. used to be the uh, nursery club for um, Arsenal in the twenties. Uh, Wow! Oh, I have to dig out one of the programs. Twenties and thirties, they, they they used to say who was coming down, you know, and um, how old they were, and where they were staying, and if they'd had an injury or anything. So basically, they, they used to they used to come down to us. It almost like a reserves, you know, when you're getting players back into it mm. after they've been injured or if they're they're coming up through the youth section, and they used yeah. to send them down to us in in the twenties and thirties before they went back to the main club. Oh, interesting. I'll have to dig out the uh, program that's got all the details on it. Yeah, good. That'd be good. Right, quickly, Terry, yeah. when we got you, we've got you in October. October. Tuesday night, anyway. Tuesday the 24th. Tuesday, mm. but that is half term. So oh, cool. there is the potential of I might bring the kids down, might stay oh. for a couple of days. Uh, so there's potential of doing something nice there. Um, I'm sure there's lots to do in Margate on in an October time, isn't there? Shh. Yeah, there should be a couple of bits and pieces still open. If the, if the weather's good, they tend to be, especially with it being half term. Mm. We might be all right. You never know with what the weather's doing at the moment. So mm. Try and drag a load of us because we're going Bognor. In a, a, yeah. Actually, Gabs, we've got you November... Oh, is the it November 18th, December? I just, just checked. November the 18th. <laughs> yeah. That's my birthday. All right. <laughs> so, obviously, obviously, the Hastings are going to win for Terry. But what... What um at your ground or us? Uh, we go to no, sorry, we host you lot in November, and then we go to you lot in April, April twentieth. 
Oh, not, and that's a Saturday, isn't it? That's a Saturday. Oh, good, good, good. No, Top of the to table clash, that'll be in April, Ooh, won't it? Yeah, be. hopefully one of us will have gone up by then, and the other one will be sitting nicely in second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just I'm fairly optimistic that it might be a top-of-the-table clash by then, actually. It seems to have um, bedded in quite nicely. You can yeah, never be sure. Yeah, the rate going but... is all right. Mm. Yeah, you can't the... argue with results, can you? I mean, unbeaten. Yeah, the bank holiday weekend was was good. Very, very, very positive. But yeah. probably what's what's probably good in a way that we um we we might we we're not it's, it's never good to draw but it's kind of like a little bit of don't get too carried away yesterday hundred percent like there is obviously issues there obviously we, we are going to get better um but yeah I got just, murdered just... in the chat when I said that where was what? everyone in my defence I'm I not defending mur- no, no you're not defending me I'm... I know you ain't no no one defends me go on, I'm, go on. I'm... I don't defend you, no. But no. sometimes it's it's quite good. It's just because it's a new team and everything else. Mm. You don't want to get too yeah. carried away too quickly. So yeah, see what happens on Wednesday. See what the response is like. If it's if it's any solace, Chris, when we drew at Harrogate on Bank Holiday Monday, we had the exact same reaction. Yeah. We were like, it's it's a you know, <laughs> it's just a reality check. It's nothing yeah. more, nothing less. It's not not really a reality check, but it's just like um because it's a new team and it's it's been a really good buzz. But it's nice to have like a. Not a reality check, but um, uh, something that grounding we, we can only build on. Yeah, I like that grounding. Sounds good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it gives it gives everybody an opportunity for a home. At least it is a home FA Cup game, despite the unbelievable run of away ties that we seem to have had over the past few years. So it is a game at home. Hopefully, hopefully get a f- good few people. Weather's to be good anyway. Yeah, beautiful evening. So yeah, quite looking forward to that. Hoping, I'm yeah. hoping myself, Freddie Leg gets some minutes because we got a game Wednesday, Saturday. Please, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see. He got a few, he got a few more yesterday. Got a few more than he has done. Um, he looks sharp enough. Yeah, like Wareham, um, he's one of our own. He is. Yeah, I mean, well, we, we've it's quite good. We and we do have. I think the Radari and Adam coming back has made for. It was almost like a either it was a genius piece of recruitment or an unbelievably fortuitous occurrence them coming back probably a combination of the two i expect probably, um, yeah. because that's given that sort of local angle so if you see all the pictures of the kids with radari over the weekend and that sort of thing that sort of thing is brilliant and you can see the bonds that are being built and also they've come back and they're playing very well as well and that combined with the london players and that it makes for quite a nice, exciting mix for people with mm. with that with that bit of local interest as well, and with Tom coming back from injury and Freddie and that JJ and Walker, JJ, yeah, JJ was superb in that game. He made that one mistake early on, and the best thing about it was it didn't phase him at all. He just carried on and got better throughout the game, and that was really nice. So it's a yeah. really good. It's proved to be a really good mix. Hope it continues. But yeah, that, that's the thing with Hastings. We've always had the core of local players, haven't we? And it, we yeah. was kind of a bit, bit worried at one point there where we was going to be left with maybe one with Freddie and almost that was it. But it's quite nice that um, two or three have been added along with, with JJ as well. And I thought yeah, Adam Lovett Adam was probably um, my, my man of the match yesterday. I thought he was really, really good. And it was, of course, he did, every game. He, did, he didn't have a pre-season, did he? So... Um, He's growing he's no, every game. Yeah, yeah he's a bit he's... ropey, a bit rough that first friendly when he played a half. And then you could, you could almost just see the see the increase in his speed. Game by game, ball. got sharper and sharper. Yeah. yeah, it's really good, really good. And yeah. watching Radari, he, when um, Akoi was going forward at the weekend, it was really interesting seeing a, um, 
David fitting in behind him when he went forward. We could see from where we were that, that David was slipping back in to cover for him when he went forward, which was just like watching a different player. Just, yeah, just so much more mature. That. Just so much more that. mature. D- and it yeah. was brilliant. Brilliant. That was a really quite, because we were watching, because he got that such a good view up there. Just so think, hang on, he's, he's tucking in when the right back goes forward. And that, that just, you thought, wow, that's really. That just shows that he's really moved on as a player. There's something as simple as that, let alone the goals. He's finishing well. things now as well. Right then. Yeah, it's all good. All good. Well, it's all good with everyone. Margate, Enfield on their cup run. We're obviously, you know, we're winning. We're winning. So we will see you in the ne- next round, hopefully. It's quite nice. Guys. They've actually got a fairly cheerful cheerful quorum, haven't we, at the moment? Be interested <laughs> to see We've how not even talked about flows. the new ownership. We, we could do that another time. The white. Do you want to quickly yeah. mention something about the whites, Ben? Can I do for a minute? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it on. was well. The the timing of it was was brilliant, was it? Because it was just just before um just before Dulwich Hamlet. The three of us, well, three of us, me, you, and Matt, wasn't even probably we going. going. And then yeah, we were a bit. Mm, the announcement that, at two o'clock on the Friday was like, well, how we how, te- how, how tempted <laughs> are we? And we um we got on the train and went up, but it was just that extra buzz, wasn't it? It was it was the change that was needed. Um. Just a freshen up, wasn't it? it just the, this, it was all a bit stale, and there was a lot of toxic about a little bit last season. But it's it's brought a lot of people together. It's brought the fan base a lot closer, I think. Yeah, and, and if they they can't be any more Hastings through and through than than the Whites, really, can you? Um, Dean, obviously, manager, and, and Ben was a player when I was playing years ago, um, and I know them very well, and they the club is at, at heart, and uh, it's great. It's really, really good news. And hopefully the council will work with them. Yeah. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I mean, I've already bumped into Ben down, knocking around downstairs and just, just silly little things like he's just already got himself involved with the organisation on match day and, and got a grip of things like team sheets and things like that, which were beca- which had really, it sounds really trivial, but when you're doing the announcing on a, on a match day, you know, just getting hold of the teams and things like that, you just don't need that stress. And he's and you can just see those little bits of admin being being put in place, um, just getting everything a little bit tighter and just a really positive influence out the back and silly little things like that. You take care of the boring stuff like that, and then the good stuff can follow from there. And that's a really good way, you know. You get all that stuff nailed down, and then all the players have to worry about, all anyone else have to worry about is playing and just take all that stress away from everybody. And um, yeah, even something as trivial as, as the team sheet immediately being available now that that, that lot have got a hold of it is a yeah a small example, but a really good example of just their positive influence. But it's all I about just... talking. It's all about communication. It's all about mm. you know, their, their connection with with it because they they know everybody as well, which makes it a yeah. lot easier. And whether whether someone like me that's known them for so many years, and but everybody, a lot of people know them. Like I say, they're hastings through and through. E- even the things like. Um, like you, you could actually they, they'll they'll talk to you and and have always already spoken to them and they they all want the fans' ideas if they've got any ideas to email them even directly and things like that they, they that we wouldn't have had that with the other owners mm-hmm. we had no we didn't have that connection with them what we were gonna we're gonna have now and it's a huge huge thing one hundred percent positive yeah I was I was down there a few days ago we they printed off a load of uh, fixture posters to put around the the town which is something that obviously we haven't really been doing. So I was I was having a chat with Ben and and he he's he's lovely you know and he and he wasn't abusive like everyone else is to me he was really nice to me so 
I'll have him. That'll, ch- that'll change. <laughs> that'll change. Obviously, if he is this, yeah, I'm getting it. But what did, you, that, what did you do? Am... Huh? Did you slip him a? Did you slip him a fiver in his pocket? Thought you was going to say something else then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no. <laughs> exactly, Terry. Mind. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, we've got, the all, we've got the all grocer on board for a um, for a fixtures poster, Chris. <laughs> so I'm gonna, we're going to drop him, going to drop him in at the, our local grocer. So I said to to James, I said, you know, why don't you ask for people to see if they can take a couple of posters and get one of their local shops or something like that to display it, and just a, a few people dishing out those posters will add up to quite a few posters if they can just get their local shop to display it or something. So yeah, no, I was down the old town. Need to expand that a bit, yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly. Chris, did you, Chris, did you actually say that uh, you'll only deliver the posters and put the posters off if you get your green arm in? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but right, just I quickly, that sneak, is that is that sneaked in the yeah. bottom of there? <laughs> every time his big head gets in the way, Ben, and I get pushed aside, and you're just every picture you just see a bit of an arm of me where I've been pushed aside because Scott White is is involved with a conspiracy with with Ben about this, but. I'm not one for conspiracies, though. Good job. Anyway, Chris, I'll say it's a good job you put them posters up. It's, 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 you take a one for the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, love you all. Uh, Terry from Margate, uh, Gabs from Enfield, Andy, Ben, uh, thanks very much for your time, and I will see you at the game. See you Saturday. Yeah, guys. Well, that's it for another episode, SBTS fans. If you want to get in contact with this podcast, the email is hufcpod at gmail.com. The Twitter, which is sbtspod. Otherwise, go to the YouTube. Over three and a half years of content on there. There's so many other ways to listen. However you get your podcast, we're on all platforms. Or go to the link tree, which is sbtspodcast, uh, and subscribe. It's all free. Remember, get yourselves to a game and support local football, whoever and wherever you're watching. And apart from that, see you at the game.